If you're living the days in the life of an ag teacher, then you'll fit right in. I'm your host, Carly Erickson, and I'm here to remind you to do what you love and love what you do. As always, thanks for listening and welcome to class. Today we have special guest Maya Hazlett with us from Iowa State University. Maya works for Integrated Pest Management and 4-H Extension and Outreach here at Iowa State. Maya, tell us about your role here at the university. Uh, sure. So uh, as you mentioned, I work for both the Integrated Pest Management Program uh, and the Iowa 4-H Youth Development. Uh, if you haven't heard of Integrated Pest Management before, uh, it is a strategy for managing pests that works to minimize inputs like pesticides and maximize profits. And there's a focus on monitoring your fields for pest pressure. Um, so like I said, I work for both of these groups. Uh, my job title is Crop Science Youth Education Specialist. So this means that I work on a variety of programs related to crop production and crop science, um, but all the programs that I do are for a youth audience. So I work mostly with ages five to 18. Perfect. And what are some of the activities that you host throughout the year that some youth can get involved in? Sure. Yeah, I have uh, I have sort of three main jobs that I do for Iowa State. Um, I develop curriculum, I review uh, curricula, and I organize state programs. Um, so for curriculum, uh, recently uh, I developed a series of online lessons and hands-on labs uh, about learning some basics of uh, crop growth. Uh, these are called Crops Feed the World Lessons, and they're available from the Iowa State Extension Moodle course. Uh, they're free, um, they're easily accessible, uh, and uh, Carly and I actually have been working on another set that will come out soon, uh, and those will focus more on pest management. Um, so we're very excited about those. Uh, I'm also working uh, with an animal science colleague, Amy Powell. We've got two new uh, curricula that we're developing, one on pasture management that is for high school-aged youth, and uh, another one that is a series of short lessons, like 20 to 30 minute lessons uh, on a variety of ag topics. And those are more for all ages. Um, so those are just some of a recent uh, curriculum that we're working on. Uh, for statewide events, one of the big things that I do is organize the Iowa Youth Crop Scouting Competition. Uh, that's an annual uh, event. It's a great learning experience for youth ages seven to, or sorry, not ages, grades uh, seven to 12. Uh, it's really fun because they get to get out in the field, um, work in the field, try to identify uh, crop pests and problems. When they're doing this, they get to work with ISU faculty and staff and other ag professionals. Uh, and it's a great chance for them to learn about integrated pest management. It's also fun because the top teams get cash prizes and they can move on to a regional competition. Uh, this year, I also organized, with lots of help from state and county staff, the uh, Native Bee Challenge. Uh, we held over 60 events all across the state to teach over 1,500 youth about the importance of pollinators. So just as a couple examples of statewide programs. Perfect. That sounds like you have a lot going on for sure. And it definitely sounds like there's a lot of really great opportunities for youth to get involved in the future um, and learn about some really cool things we've got going on here at Iowa State. 
So thank you very much for all that you put into that. that I know that's a lot. Um, so how can kids get involved in 4-H? Okay, so how to get involved in 4-H. So I've been working in this position now for two years. And one of the things that I have personally learned about 4-H is that 4-H is a lot more than a lot of people think it is. Um, previously, when I thought about 4-H, I thought about clubs and county fairs which it is, and that's a great way to get involved. Um, both of my kids are uh, in a 4-H club. Um, but 4-H is a lot of other things as well. So uh, 4-H is at your schools. 4-H uh, is at your public libraries. Uh, it provides after-school programs. Uh, it provides uh, summer enrichment opportunities like camps and workshops. So there's really a lot of programs uh, going on. If you want to access some of these great programs, uh, I recommend going to the 4-H uh, state website and also your local county extension websites. Um, if you go there, you're going to find some calendars and some announcements about great programs uh, going on. Uh, I also find it helpful to uh, check out uh, the social media sites of your county extension office and uh, the state office as well. Um, that's a great way to find out about um, things that are going on. Um, and you can also just call and or stop by your local extension office as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are some of the resources that are available through 4-H that you can't really get anywhere else? All right. Uh, so what I think is really great and uh, special about uh, 4-H programs is all of the access that 4-H has to Iowa State University experts. So when I'm putting together a program or a curriculum, I have um, education professionals, I have ag research scientists, uh, I have ag field professionals, all these people that I can go to for resources. And so what's really great about 4-H is that all of our programs are research-based and will include the best current practices. How does 4-H um, set you up for success in the future if I, if I was a youth wanting to get involved? How, how do you sell it to me, sort of, that 4-H uh, that, um, is going to be important for my future? Important for your future. Okay, so um, something that I really love about both 4-H and FFA is the focus on developing what some people would call soft skills. Um, so when you're participating in these groups, um, these youth have the opportunity to do things like presentations and interviews. They work on team building and how to work together on a team. They work on developing uh, leadership skills. And so uh, I think that these are all just really great uh, preparation for youth's future and something that they get in addition to uh, building their knowledge they're also learning all these other great future career and life skills absolutely i think that's something that we strive for in our classrooms every single day is to build their future and build their knowledge and and have them uh, build skills to really do great things in the future and so thank you, Maya, for being here with us today. We really appreciate it. Um, and we hope to see more from you in the future. Yeah, thanks. It was great to talk to you.
one of the challenges that all of our agriculture educators face is how do we get kids involved in our program or how do we keep them involved in our program? And that goes for all agricultural programs such as FFA or Clover Kids and 4-H, and I'm sure there's many others. We try to put our resources out there for our agriculture educators to use to keep their kids involved and things that they can do to make it interesting and different from the year before. One thing that I've seen that works extremely well is setting goals for a group and not only setting individual goals per student, but setting goals as a group. What do you hope to accomplish throughout the entire year? Um, setting long-term and short-term goals, I think, is extremely important. And we've we've heard this for as long as we can remember, but it really is the foundation to a great program. And without goals, what are we accomplishing? What are we hoping to get from this experience? And I think for educators as well as the youth, without the goals, we really are unsure of what our purpose is. So groups, even such as 4-H, they have a very designated purpose, but they also stress the importance of goals. And so it's important to sit down with all of your youth, have them set individual short-term goals and individual long-term goals. But then also as a whole group, I think it's important to sit down and say, all right, as a group, what do we want to accomplish for this year? What do we want to accomplish for maybe this quarter or this semester? Maybe break it up into a little bit smaller categories in the year because that can be that can be hard to, to keep focused on. But definitely setting those goals and make sure they're attainable. I think sometimes we get overambitious. We lose track, especially as agriculture educators. We have so much that we want to get done in so little time. (laughs) So I think keeping in perspective, okay, we have this much time. What can I actually get done in that amount of time? So if you really, really want to start a greenhouse this year, is that an attainable goal? And I think obviously we'll sit down and we'll go over, you know, do we have the funding for that? Do we have the support for that? Do we have community support for that? Um, Really though, I think the main support that we need is from our students. We need that support. It needs to be a common goal between everyone. If if the students are not involved or not engaged and that's just your personal goal, then maybe we need to change things a little bit. If the students are really interested, however, in, you know, mechanics, then maybe we need to gear our content and our classes and our extracurricular activities towards mechanics. If we have that as an avenue for them that they're interested in, then we're going to see a lot more growth, a lot more potential, and our students are going to be really engaged. Make your program something that these kids cannot resist. Plan trips, have incentives, create rewards for the students. If there's nothing for them to latch onto, find something for them to latch onto because honestly, we know these kids are always going to look for what's in it for me or how is this going to help me in the future? How am I going to be a better person because of this? So give them some type of reward to look forward to. Um, recently in Iowa, I've seen a lot of agriculture programs in high schools take on international trips. And this has been 
something that I've I've never even seen. I didn't have this in high school, um, and you know that was just a short while ago. Um, but giving them something to look forward to, even if it is in a few years, get those early members really involved and say, hey, you know, if you want to go to this international trip to Italy, um, you have to be involved in this and this and this, and you have to attend this and this and this. Give them. Um, the option, you know, they're either going to be involved because they want to, or they won't be involved. And then they won't get to participate in the cool, fun things that we get to do, like go to Italy. So have those incentives, have those trips, make it something they can't resist. I can't stress that enough because when I was in school, we had certain trips or certain uh, events that if you really wanted to go to those, you had to participate and you had to help. And and um, it's not just a freebie. It's not just a giveaway for anybody and everybody. Um, the, one of the biggest things in our high school FFA, I believe, at least it was for me, was national convention. I wanted to go to national convention every year. But I wasn't necessarily the most involved student in FFA. I did go to things that I enjoyed. I did go to things that I wanted to be a part of, but it was a struggle to get me to go to certain things that maybe, you know, I had bigger and better plans like they do in high school. You know, you want to go to the basketball game instead of your FFA chapter meeting or, you know, and I was one of those students where it was really difficult to get me involved to go to some of the more basic FFA things, um, but they're important if you want to do the bigger and better things. Uh, Bringing that home to students who maybe are like me and don't really understand the importance of, well, why do I have to go to the chapter meeting? Well, you have to go to the chapter meeting because in a year from now, you want to go to Italy, you know, and not holding it over their head, so to speak, but like putting it in perspective for them that there are kids that are going to go to every chapter meeting and they will go to Italy because they know what's going on. They're keeping up with FFA. They're keeping up in the classroom and they've really proven that they are successful and that they deserve to go to this trip or on this trip or receive an award or just things like that. Um, in 4-H as well, you know, we sometimes struggle with keeping our current members involved and gaining new members at the same time. We, we see patterns as the years go on. Um, sometimes we have kids that are extremely involved and they, they can't wait to accomplish all their goals right away for the whole year. And then sometimes we have kids that, you know, they, they kind of sit on the sidelines a little more. They, they are timid or not quite as engaged. And we really have to help them find what makes them love 4-H or love FFA. We have to find what makes them want to be in our program. Use their strengths to your advantage. Don't make it more difficult for you than it needs to be is I guess what I'm trying to say. There are tons of resources available um, to get your kids involved in all sorts of programs with 4-H. We start as young as Clover Kids with young elementary students who want to be interested and engaged in particular ag careers or just projects in general. What can we do to get them engaged in something that interests them? 
And then moving forward into 4-H, they can continue to be interested in maybe the same thing they were when they were in elementary school or maybe a different thing. Maybe this is something that has evolved over time and they decided, you know, I'm, I'm not as into this thing as I once was when I was in kindergarten and now I'm really interested in this other thing. And that is okay. They are growing and they're adapting and they're learning and that's what we, that's our end goal. That's what we really want them to gain out of this experience and having those caring adults there who are there to help them and really guide them on their path to whatever it is going to be that makes them successful at the end of the day, that is our purpose. That is why we are here. And that transfers over extremely well into our school systems with FFA. And that really helps develop our career skills. So FFA, for me, was a way for me to test the waters in every agriculture industry career that I thought was interesting. You know what time it is. It's time for the Ag Career of the Day. This falls under agriculture education as an extension advisor. According to the University of Wisconsin-Madison Division of Extension, an agricultural extension advisor works closely with the community to solve agricultural problems using research provided by the college. The average salary is between forty dollars and $45,000 a year, but can be as much as seventy dollars to $75,000 depending on your experience. You must have a bachelor's or master's degree in some agricultural-related field, such as agronomy, agricultural education, animal science, or soil science. And that's the Ag Career of the Day. So if I wanted to maybe get involved in a dairy science CDE or career development event, I could check that out and see, hey, do I like dairy science? Am I interested in cattle and is this something I'm willing to pursue? Or if I wanted to do a vet science CDE, I could go and I could learn all about the different tools and terminology that's used in veterinary science and see if that was for me and see if that was something I was willing to pursue. Another really large category for me that deals with both 4-H and FFA is leadership. And that's something that when we set goals at the beginning of the year for what we want to accomplish, you're automatically establishing a leadership role. And you will have kids that take on that role from the very beginning. They know for a fact that they are going to lead the way. They are going to help other kids along the way. And they are going to accomplish that goal no matter what. And you'll notice that when you have kids like that and you don't accomplish that goal at the end of the quarter or the semester or the year, those kids are very discouraged. And it's not because they didn't try hard enough or because they didn't have the caring adults there to help them. It may just be because the rest of the group may have lost interest. And so for the following term or year, it's important to keep that in mind with those with those students or those youth. It's important to say, okay, they were really passionate and really interested in this goal that we had set last year that unfortunately we didn't meet. So maybe now we can help them work towards that goal on their own. We can help them create a reality for that goal for themselves. And that will help them almost rebound, I guess, from that experience and make it all worthwhile. I think overall, 
if we have it in mind from the beginning that we're going to empower and engage students and get this ball rolling right off the bat and we're going to set our goals and we're going to we're going to maintain our goals and we're going to keep track of our goals it's almost impossible to me to not accomplish your goals if you are that dedicated and you are that concrete and you are that motivated to stay on track with your goals and keep your youth engaged and keep them organized I don't see how you can not accomplish these goals. I think that our students are adaptable and I think that they will work with our adults to make things happen. And when we provide them these opportunities, they will run with it. They will make these opportunities a part of their everyday life. It's natural to have certain times of the year where we see a decline or a little bit of fall in our motivation of our students or our youth. Um, And that's that's okay. As adults, we also have those moments where, you know, our educating is probably not as strong as it was in the beginning of the year. We have moments and it's okay to admit that, hey, this month we didn't do exactly what we said we would do. But picking that ball back up and make it keep rolling for the rest of the year is extremely important. If you just decide that that lull is going to maintain for the rest of the year, you and your youth and your students will struggle. I think keeping them engaged is all about your personal motivation and your personal progress. If you're willing as their educator or their caring adult to be there with them every single step of the way and be able to recognize, hey, we dropped the ball. Let's pick it back up and let's do even better than we were before. Taking accountability and responsibility for those moments is something that our students will remember. That's something that our students will take and remember and use throughout their learning and their growing as an adult. In FFA, we see kids who start their freshman year and continue on all the way through their senior year of high school and we are fortunate enough to be able to watch them grow and develop into adults who really have taken on a different meaning to the word leadership or responsibility. They take their projects that they're extremely interested in or extremely passionate about and they honestly help evolve and develop our agriculture industry. Same thing with our 4-H members. We see members who start from the time they're in kindergarten and they will go as far as they can possibly go until they can no longer be a part of the program. And even from that point forward, we see them making big changes and leaps and bounds into the 4-H industry. We see them creating these pathways for younger students and helping them move forward and say, I did this as well and now we can do this together because I've done this and I can help you and if you need me I'm here but this is your project this is your responsibility so having those students who have gone through this process and having them as mentors and as leaders for the other students or youth is also just as important as having new members Our seniors in high school 
who are in FFA or 4-H or both even, they really create a new category because they have already experienced all that we want them to experience. And now they're in a position of leadership where they can help the younger youth, maybe the freshman in high school who just started FFA or the freshman in high school who just now joined 4-H. And they can walk them through that process and say, I've done this and I'm here to help you. If you have any questions, you come find me and I will be there for you. And creating creating that atmosphere for our for their peers is something that is truly unique to our programming, to 4-H and FFA. I think there's no other program in the country, I'll even say. There's no other program that can do what we do here at 4-H and in FFA. And you're at the forefront of that. You are the leader of your program. And if you set up your students for success, if you set up your students for that that pathway, they will be able to succeed in every single thing that they do in life. And I know from personal experience, I had a phenomenal FFA advisor and teacher, Tony Sasso, and she paved the way for me for my entire career. I would not be an agriculture educator. I would not be pursuing that career today without her. And she has really taught me that being able to step up and be a leader for your community, for your students, that is something that nobody can match that. Nobody can take that away from you. That is your superpower. I I know that is common these days that, oh, I'm a teacher. What's your superpower? But that is the that is the honest truth. If you are a teacher, if you are a mentor, if you're a leader, you have something that other people don't have. So don't sell yourself short. Continue to strive to engage your students and push them and make them gain values and progress and growth and and just provide all of these things for them because one day they will come back to you and say, thank you so much because I've never had anybody push me the way that you pushed me. And that's exactly how I feel about my ag teacher and my experience. And for these youth who are involved in these programs, they genuinely care about you. They want your help. They want your knowledge. And they will do whatever it takes to get it. So use that to your advantage. Get them involved. Keep them involved. And move forward together. And that's all we can ask. (laughs) 